Thank you. Thank you very much. It is just so wonderful and so overwhelming to be here again. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you guys sent 31 brothers and sisters down to Peru to be with us. And now here we are here. And uh, after a hard work of, of mission work down there, uh, Paul Deacons mentioned that uh, he had found, frequently found himself in situations that he had never been in before. And in one instance, for instance, we were walking along and we were taking this this uh, elderly Peruvian grandmother home who had fallen and had hurt, hurt herself quite badly. And in a debriefing group meeting, Paul said, he said that we were walking along. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know where I was and I couldn't communicate. And all of a sudden I looked around and David was gone. And at this debriefing meeting, Gina was sitting right next to me and she, I could hear under her voice, welcome to David's world. But, you know, he, Kevin or Paul was lost and he didn't know how to get home. He needed me. Jesus, without Jesus, people are lost, often alone and without hope. Gina and I have always been committed to establishing a community where people can find Jesus. We started this journey, as, as Kevin just mentioned, back in 19, the late 1970s, where we created a, an environment a non-threatening environment where high school students could come and be involved just the way they were. They didn't have to uh, look a certain way. They didn't have to act a certain way. They didn't have to believe a certain way. They were just welcome to the Sun City community with open arms. And I remember really well, there were a number of people, good, well-meaning brothers and sisters, who criticized and questioned the, the loud music and the raucous activities. But in the end, God used the Sun City community, to see hundreds and hundreds of high school students come to faith in Jesus Christ and become his followers. And that was thrilling. With that experience under our belt and with many other lessons learned, God called us to Lima, Peru, to create in a mission context a community where people could come and meet Jesus. And I hope this morning that you will take away something about community building that uh, will help you expand your presence and your participation in fulfilling the, the, the Great Commission here at home as well as in another country. When we started this journey in 1986, Gina and I believed that we were all called to help fulfill the Great Commission. Some were called to go, some to stay, but all to participate. And we didn't think we were any better in any way than any one of you sitting right here. It's just that God had called us, equipped us and called us to go. We were cognizant of the fact that without the participation of the people who were sitting where you're sitting right now, it was impossible for us to be successful. And without you right now, our partnership cannot continue to be effective. So with the wonderful people at Wiseta Free Church that I'm so grateful to be, be here again and see you with them, we began to, uh, we went and start and planted a, 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 led an international church planting team and planted a church. And then Gina and I were asked to start a small group ministry for business people, professionals, and elected officials. And uh, today... Both of those ministries are completely run and directed by, by Peruvians, for which we're, we're, we're very grateful. And while we were working with this ministry with, with leaders, Gina and I would go down 
uh, with a, in conjunction with the local orphanage, we'd go down to downtown Lima and go under the bridges and, and uh, try to find street children who were sleeping there. And we'd go into parks and in the streets where street children were all over the place. And, and with great pain, we used to ask ourselves and we would pray to the Lord, what can we do to help reach these kids before they end up on the streets? And over a period of time, God answered our prayer and the, and, 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 and the, and the answer became clear. And that was to focus on prevention. Address the problems at, at the roots. Adopt an impoverished community similar to the one these children had fled to try to look for something better. And found nothing but disappointment and uh, drug addiction, prostitution, and uh, great, great sorrow. In one of the small Bible studies that I had started with business people, there was a doctor who committed his life to Jesus. And one day we went together to one of the, what was then one of the poorest areas in Lima. And as we were walking through Flores de Villa, we both prayed very specifically, God, we want to adopt this community. And Jesus, we want our work to represent your values and your principles. So we endeavored to think about community the way Jesus thought about community. We began to think about building the community the way Jesus built community. And we began to think about naming the community what Jesus named the community. And Jesus basically uh, referred to the community, his community when he was here, with two terms. One was the kingdom of God and the other was the family of God. And so we decided we were going to call this community the kingdom of God. And we made the whole community our congregation. We met around the word of God because in this kingdom, the values and principles of Jesus Christ and of God are what's important. So we met around the teachings and principles of Jesus, the teachings of God. And we, we tried to live, live that out in the community. In the kingdom of God. Titles are not important. So Gene and I didn't go into these communities and say, uh, you know, this is missionary Gina or, or Pastor David, because we thought that would set us aside from other people and put us above them. And we didn't want to do that. So we didn't come. So, so in John the Baptist, when he was asked who he was, he didn't respond with his title. But he rather responded with his function. He said, I am a voice crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. I remember a conversation I had with one of the with the president of, of the Peruvian Congress at one point. And when I went in to talk to him, uh, he's a devout Catholic. And so I said, you know, we are a bunch of friends who are concerned about Peruvian children. We're concerned about uh, proving young people function. I focus on and I said, you know, we uh, we, we want to try to give proving young per- people who are living in, in abject poverty an opportunity function. I said, Mr. President, we have two houses and in these houses, these kids live in community and they are learning what it means to know Jesus and follow him as Servant leaders. And you know what the president of the Congress, this devote Catholic said, he says, boy, I can get behind that. And what would have happened if I would have said, you know, we're missionaries with the Evangelical Free Church of America and I'm a pastor with the Evangelical Free Church of America. He would have said, well, 
I'm a Catholic. So we emphasize the kingdom of God and we emphasize the, the, fun, the, the function within that kingdom. And Jesus said if we lift up his name, he'll draw all people to himself. And so we lifted up the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord, the name of Jesus, the name about, about what's whose name every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we made it, we made it the function, the kingdom. We focused on, on the function. And Jesus referred to his community also as the family of God. And as family, friends, Jesus said in John 15, 15, he said, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. Our community, then we call, we're a family of friends who are following Jesus together. And in building the community, uh, it's very important that we establish an, ex- an inclusive environment. And you don't have to believe Anything, you don't have to sign anything, you don't have to recite anything, you don't have to do anything specific to belong to this community. And what we told people in Flores de Vigia is that we just said with our big arms wide open, we said, you belong here. We love you like family, we receive you just the way you are. The other day we were sharing in a Bible study about two months ago, and we're, we, were, we, read, we read about, about the baptism of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ and how he's baptized. And when some lady in the back row raises up her and says, I want to be baptized the way Jesus was baptized. And then another lady over here said, I want to be baptized that way too. And so we thought, wow, this is, this is tremendous. You know, and we thought what we'll do is the next week we'll talk about the baptism. And we talked about it in all of our Bible study groups. And 125 people came forward and wanted to be baptized. And we're thinking, wow, you know, this is this is cool. But but, you know, we need to make sure that they're they're serious about this. And so we thought Gina and I talked. We thought, well, what we'll do is we'll have a four four months or four four sessions, four sessions and over a month and a half. And they'll have to go to every session if they want to to be to be baptized. Not only that, but they will also have to uh, they'll have to do homework in between classes and they'll have to write their personal testimony. And so they did that, and we read 125, uh, 122. Uh, some of them didn't didn't uh, didn't give their testimony, didn't do the classes. But those who did, we read it. When we had them share their testimonies, if they couldn't read or couldn't write, some of them couldn't. You know what we found out? We found out that some of them didn't even know Jesus as their personal savior, but they loved the experience. They loved the experience of being part of the kingdom of God. But walking together with people who did know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And that was a powerful thing. And they grew as a result of being part of the community, of belonging to the community. And subsequently, Gina and I and some Peruvians had the privilege of meeting with these people and leading them to a personal relationship with Jesus. People want to experience God. They don't want, for the most part, an ex- a oral, a verbal explanation of who God is. But how can they experience God if we don't make him part, if we don't allow him to be part of the community? They want to drive it before they buy it. How are they going to drive it if we don't allow them to be part, an insider in the community? Just like in the first century church, we had whole families. We've had whole families Thanks to the, the glory of God, whole families come to know Jesus and be baptized. We've had couples who were, their marriages were about ready to fall apart, commit their lives to Jesus and get their marriage put back together and be baptized. 
We had individuals, individuals who were living their life glorifying God because of their relationship with Jesus Christ, be baptized. Also, in addition to crafting the the environment, we made them partners and asked them to participate. We decided right off the bat that this was not going to be charity. This was not going to be charity, not even outreach, where we come from the outside with our wealth and our positions and our power, and we help those poor people. Rather, we went there as equals. There was no one above or no one below. We were equals in this in this partnership. There was no ministry of superiority. We brought our deficiencies. We brought our brought our poverty. We brought our brokenness to learn with them, and we've learned a ton from the Peruvian from the Peruvians from Flores de Villa. We've learned about resilience. We've learned about perseverance. We've learned about courage. We've learned about about hospitality, and we've learned how to rejoice with Jesus despite what we have or what we don't have. Jesus chose the disciples to be with him. And so we decided to, to adopt a ministry of presence, to be with them in the spirit of Jesus Christ. We were walking along with the Wyzetta group that was just there, and we saw this dilapidated school. And one of the members of the team said, well, is that your school? And we said, well, yes, it's our school. Of course it is. But no, it's not our school. Yes, and that we made it our school. We said this is going to be our ministry because we made the whole community our parish. We made the whole community. And so we said, yes, we're there. We made it ours and we're there to serve. We serve and we love everyone in the community like they were family. We take the initiative to get involved in their world. We follow Jesus' example of being present there, of offering our partnership together with them. We visited, we offered partnership with the, with the mayor, with the city council. We visited uh, jails and worked with, the, with the, the director of the jail, the inmates. We uh, started uh, uh, cl- children's clubs. We started small groups at every level of society. And we did home visits. And it's just incredible how God built his family and God established his community. God called us to Peru. He laid on our hearts a deep desire to share Jesus with the people there. Our first 10 years there, we worked with politicians and business leaders in addition to working with street kids on the weekends. We often would take the kids back to where they had lived before running away to the streets. In every situation, we found moms, grandmothers, and many siblings living in abject poverty. There were few dads or grandfathers to be found, and if there were, they were abusive and alcoholic. Our hearts were burdened to get these kids off the street before street life consumed and destroyed them. God revealed to us that the root of the problems there was to reach the fractured families, families fractured by sin and hopelessness. We felt him leading us to adopt a community. That community became Flores de Villa. How would we begin tackling such a project? 
we reflected on how Jesus addressed the problem of sin and hopelessness in his day, he spent large amounts of time with only a few people, the twelve men whom he had called, and a few women. He was gentle and loving and understood them fully. We needed to be the same to those living in Floristavia. We wanted to get to know and understand them. We wanted to love them as Jesus does. We listened to their life stories and shared ours with them. We learned that they are resilient, courageous, hospitable people who persevere despite what they had or did not have. We learned that relationships were extremely important to them. They told us of their concern for their children and how they tried to prepare nutritious meals with little to no money. And most importantly, they tried to protect their families from illnesses. That was their number one priority. So it became the number one priority for us also. And we opened our first medical post. Our medical ministry has been the nucleus for expanding the family of God since day one. It has been a gateway to demonstrate God's unconditional love to the multitudes who confront malnutrition and disease daily. As we developed relationships with the people of Floresta and shared more of their life stories, we felt their hopelessness. We told them that the only answer we found for our problems was Jesus. We expressed how we could not bring clothes, food, or things to them but we could share Jesus with them, and Jesus brings hope to all who seek him. That led Gina to start a Bible study. It began with only six women. After each Bible study session, these six women would go home and say to their children, sit down. Their children would protest, but the mothers were insistent, saying, I need to share with you what I learned today. As a result, whole families began coming to the Lord. Neighbors watched how these women's lives began changing dramatically. They were curious and became interested. Now, countless small and large groups of women of all ages meet around the teachings of Jesus every week. Many are still desperately poor, and their physical circumstances have not changed. But God has given them hope, dramatically revolutionizing their lives. As a result, they live with peace and joy in their hearts. Recently, Rosa shared that in the past, she had felt as if she was walking on a sponge. Every time she took a step, she would sink down so far she wasn't certain if she could take another step. She said, now I know I can, because I am on solid ground. Jesus is her solid ground. Knowing him gives her hope. At one of the large Bible studies, a woman, sobbing, shared how she had lost her teenage children to the streets, to gangs and drugs. This reminded us of our commitment to the Lord, to strive to give these desperately hopeless youth an opportunity. After much prayer and financial assistance from many from the United States, we built and opened two houses of refuge, one for teenage boys called the San Juan House, and one for teenage girls called Casa Darling. When a young person enters one of these houses, they enter feeling worthless, alone, and aimless. 
However, they quickly learn that the primary purpose for being there is not only to learn about Jesus and to receive an education, but also to give back to others in their community. For example, the girls from Casa Darling saw a need among the elderly. Many of the elderly were lonely, abandoned, hungry, and sick. So the girls began knocking on doors, searching them out. Now they meet together regularly and do crafts, sing, laugh, and read God's Word together. The boys help abandoned families in the local community with physical labor. They lead boys clubs and do outreach projects to other young people. We celebrate life's happenings together. We are family with those in Floristadilla. The teens who live in the San Juan house in Casa Darling would have been trapped in abuse and poverty, but now some of them have become bilingual secretaries, mechanics, nurses, physical therapists, cosmetologists, and accountants. The cycle of spiritual and physical poverty has been broken. An early childhood assimilation center was birthed two years ago because the little children were neglected and bored. Children of two, three, and four years of age were locked in their houses during the day because their parent had to go to work. Those little ones needed a chance to be loved and a chance to learn. They needed a place to receive nutritious meals and a chance to dream. Most of our focus has been on children and women as the men were not around. However, the transformation of the women and children has drawn the men. These men, together with the young men in the San Juan house, are learning what it means to know Jesus personally and to follow him as servant leaders in their families. They learn the priority of being present for their wives and their children, in drastic contrast to so many men there. God is working at Floresta in numerous youth groups, children's clubs, youth retreats, leadership retreats, training for small groups, seminars on dealing with violence in the home, and marriage conferences. God is transforming people's lives from the inside out. Earlier we showed you a picture of our first medical post. This is how it looks today. It has reached thousands of patients thanks to medical and dental volunteers coming to staff it and to the contributions of many people. The physical needs are so huge, and people are so very grateful when those needs are met. And when their children's physical needs are met, it's amazing. They turn to the Lord. They are just so grateful to God. They are grateful for us. And they were so grateful that we would come and sit in with them. My heart is moved by, by just watching these people. And what they have in their heart, they'll use the best of whatever they can for anybody else. Can. People that are so needy. They have so much to give. telling you our story. It is because there are still many needs in Floristavia. 
Most families continue to live in houses with gaping holes in their roof. There are more at-risk youth than we can house in our two houses for teens. Our medical post and early childhood center need continual support as families are unable to pay enough to support them. We would like to invite you to join us in reaping the harvest that God has prepared in Peru. There are several avenues through which you can help serve. You can adopt a family or sponsor a youth in one of the houses or contribute toward a scholarship for a child in the early childhood center or assist as a sponsor to the medical post or provide dignified housing through huts to homes or join a team coming to Peru on a short-term mission trip. By participating in one of these, you will be partnering with us to be God's hands and feet to more Peruvians. You would become a Peruvian partner. You can help us reveal the love and hope of Christ to those who do not know it. You can help show the love of Jesus. You can participate in glorifying our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul was walking along with me, and he said, I didn't know where I was, I didn't know where I was going, and I couldn't communicate. He needed me to be present to show him how to get home. People who don't know Jesus need you, and they need me to be present to help them find their way home. In what way are you present in your community? In what way are you present in another country? Is your presence and your participation such that people are finding their way home to Jesus? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this beautiful kingdom that you've called us to serve you in. Thank you for this family that you've called us to be brothers and sisters in. And Lord, thank you for calling us to fulfill your great commission and to build this kingdom and this family. And we pray that we would be committed to an environment where people feel belong. They belong here and they can experience your power. Help us, Lord, to create a community where people can participate with us in building this community. And that their presence and our presence will be felt through serving and loving. There are so many here in this community who are lost and need the help finding their way home to you. And I pray this morning that our presence and our participation will be such that they will indeed find their way home to you, Jesus.